welcome to another episode of our podcast in Mindsight. It's wonderful to have you back, guys. And it's also wonderful to have you back, Yasin. How has your week been? I... <laughs> Gosh, I always want to say it's been solid because that's just the best way I can describe most of my weeks. Um, <laughs> a very oh, I think that should become a meme. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should do a meme sometime. No, but yeah, this week's been pretty good actually. I've my my driving instructor told me that I'll very soon have my driving exam, which is very exciting. Finally. I've been waiting for this moment for like six months now. You know, because of the lockdown, there oh, have always very been nice. times where I couldn't have any driving lessons and um he said that we're gonna have two more driving lessons and then I'll finally have the exam and I can't wait to have my driving license so I can just you know, <laughs> rent a car Freedom. and drive around. Yeah, probably not because mm. of Corona and the pandemic and everything, but I, I, I'll just be happy to have my, my license. Yeah, so I guess after working on it for half a year, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> very nice. I remember yeah. in, in like august july august when i told my parents you know i'm i'm gonna study hard and i want to uh have the like theoretical exam in two months which is completely unrealistic but i just thought i would manage to do that and mm. then corona hit the lockdown came and for like three or four months i didn't have any lessons <laughs> oh, oh, and then i had lessons for like two or three times and then again the next lockdown hit so Yes, everything just really unpredictable, but I just hope that I'm going to have the exam in two or three weeks. Yeah, just, just see it as an opportunity for spaced repetition. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Or, or view it as a stoic, which will be the topic of oh, this episode, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess about my week, it's been not not really interesting i guess i'm uh i dove into exam preparation like working a few hours every day on that and um yeah i'm back in munich where my piano is and <laughs> i'm having fun with my piano <laughs> yeah still learning interstellar getting to the hard section at the moment but oh, it's yeah. fun because it sounds awesome it's probably yeah. one of the best movie soundtracks ever yeah definitely I, no, I would say sure. so i love it <laughs> i guess I the it. interstellar and it, it was composed by hans zimmer wasn't it yes yeah yes. i mean all of his composings are like <laughs> so good so damn good yeah he had i think he made interstellar inception pirates of the caribbean the dark knight just the yes. the, the how is it called the Lion King, just all of these amazing soundtracks. This guy's a modern day Mozart. I'd say he's like, yes, yes. I'd say he's like one of the, I don't know, best composers of our time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to say so. I think he will be remembered a long time still. For sure. Yeah. All right. So if there's nothing more to add, I'd suggest we get into the topic of this week, which, uh, spoiler, it's stoicism. <laughs> And yeah, so what we thought about this basic structure of our discussion here is that we give you a short introduction in what Stoicism even is, where it comes from, and like the two most basic principles in uh, 
yeah how you can think like a stoic how you can practice to be a stoic and then we like want to have like a free discussion more or less um so the beginning will be a bit more theoretical and then we get in the into the hands-on advice stuff on how we can practice being a stoic and why it's even worth being a stoic i'd say so yeah, um, yeah if you want you can good. like <laughs> give our listeners a short overview from where it came from sure so um as you may just a quick disclaimer as you may realize in the course of this episode Elias made extensive notes <laughs> on stoicism so he's gonna go into a lot more detail oh yeah sure yeah well, why uh, are we even qualified about talking about this i'd say <laughs> yeah we he, could also he, get into that dude you just went but we, we aren't really <laughs> summarized the whole book and just made so amazing notes it's, it's gonna be great but i'm, I'm just gonna now quickly give yeah, a, yeah, a like, short overview just very very generalistic um you know stoicism yeah is, before is, before that like just just a quick uh, mention <laughs> okay um yeah mo most of my notes are based on the book the practicing stoic and i think it's really recommendable if you want to get into it because it's like mostly hands-on advice from all the stoics like come um summarized and it's not the theoretical side of it too much it's like more focused on how you can apply it so most of what i talk about comes from that or I, either from my studies because uh, as some of you know i i studied like philosophy for one semester already and stoicism was also kind of part of it so yes that's why we're qualified and of our because of our kind of youtube <laughs> exposure <laughs> yeah. there the, which instagram channel was it again <laughs> uh the daily stoic I think that's yes. the biggest one. Also very recommendable, I'd say, yeah. to kind of get into it. So, yeah, sorry for interrupting. Yeah, go on. <laughs> no problem. All right. So, Stoicism is a school of philosophy, which was founded by Zeno of Citium. I have no idea how it's pronounced. I just hope it's right. Yes. Yes, it's uh, kind of pronunciated. <laughs> okay. And, you know, just very general, the Stoics believe that happiness or fulfillment, um, as we may call it, can only be attained internally so it isn't dependent necessarily on any external factors but it has to be more or less found within and we can find this happiness or fulfillment by mastering our perceptions um, and our reactions to you know whatever happens around us and this idea that everything that happens to you is neither good or bad it's just really your perception and your reaction to it that determines whether or not it's it's good or bad or whether or not something's tragic or not it's something that i think really changed my life or changed my perspective mm. on events in a major yeah, that way that was also always resonating with me that thought <laughs> like years yeah, ago already I think it's just the idea of you know you are in control and you mm. it you don't re really depend so much on external factors it just gives you this power of you can choose how you want to react to events 
how you want to react maybe to, you know to people uh, i don't know betraying you and all that is all it's <laughs> we'll all get into that we'll get into that exactly yes. yeah I, i'm not going to go into yes. details so basically <laughs> what, what I'm the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so basically what the stoics says uh, what the stoics say is that you should focus on what you can control and just more or less accept the rest and accepting you know doesn't necessarily mean to just um do nothing about it it's more don't try to fix things that are just completely outside of your control mm. and focus on improving yourself your life first and then if you have the chance maybe try to make a positive impact in the external world but first focus on yourself and Another thing that I've been struggling with a lot and that the Stoics sort of have a solution for is to live in the present moment more and to appreciate the present moment and not to be so anxious about the future or to live, you know, sort of full of regret in the past, but to just focus on the present moment and to, yeah, to enjoy it. Also, All right. I, I, think I guess... That's been it with this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> now I think, yeah, I think this, those are sort of the basic ideas. Or is there yes, anything? Yes, we can we can get into discussing them uh, again later a bit. All right, um, sure. Just just one thought on what you mentioned. Um, you kind of made it seem like that happiness is the goal of stoicism, which is. Like, actually, not even what Stoicism is about. Happiness is actually like a byproduct of achieving what Stoicism stands for, like for achieving virtue, which we'll maybe also come into later what virtue is. So okay. you should not practice Stoicism in order to obtain um, happiness. Um, happiness is just a byproduct of it. And yeah what what like then a bit of more theoretical uh, introduction from my side here i guess to stoicism um why isn't is it even like called stoicism it's from like the greek word stoa which means some kind of porch some kind of public colonnade and that refers to the place where it was first taught by zeno of zizium <laughs> or however you pronounce that guy and there are like um three main authors you could say where most of the stuff is like still available uh, uh, to us nowadays or like where we have uh, actual sources which is um seneca which was like a really wealthy powerful guy in ancient rome who was advising the um emperor or i think he's called emperor back then <laughs> and nero which like burned down rome and stuff <laughs> not that nice of a story um then there's Marcus Aurelius, which is like a Roman emperor himself. And I think it's just to say that uh, back then the most powerful person in the world was maybe also the wisest. <laughs> <laughs> Because like he was one of those five emperors where there was like for once peace in Roman history, like <laughs> where no wars have been waged that much. And there's like also um, a former slave, Epictetus who's also, after being released and stuff, uh, has been writing about uh, Stoicism and the idea of it. And, like, many of his ideas are quite valuable because, like, <laughs> he's not that much of a um, hypocrite, if you can say so, because, like, he was a slave <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But we also will get into the criticism of hypocr hypocrisy there. So, 
stoicism can like kind of be um, interpreted as a form of ethic like which behavior is right or wrong which thoughts even are right or wrong and it also kind of addresses the question of um, what is a good life and how can we live meaningful and fulfilled like that's like the term of um eudaimonia the good life <laughs> yeah so yeah for me i also consider stoicism as uh, kind of rewarding in because it's i'd say kind of dealing with the same questions as religion does but it's like as we discussed on our uh, episode <laughs> on religion a few uh, uh weeks already or days i don't know uh back um religion is like not that much focus on uh, reason and observation they just like kind of have their dogmas dog dogmatisms or however you say that in english yeah. and uh, on the other hand like uh, stoicism as a philosophy is much more focused on observation and the reason and yeah but it also comes to many of the same conclusions uh, about when it comes to the same questions as religion just with observation and reason yeah i think yeah. that's what's interesting about stoicism and i think the reason why stoicism has become so popular in the last few years is because exactly of that because stoicism kind of tries to tackle these problems or challenges from a more observational perspective from a more rational perspective mm. i think that's why many people who are quite critical of religions are drawn <laughs> to these types of philosophies yeah definitely and it's also like what i experienced from studying like what the good life consists of <laughs> for half a year in the last semester um stoicism is also quite sound in is like in its like argumentation because of many questions in many questions where other uh, philosophical like standpoints fail stoicism is still kind of solid when it comes to let's say um how we perceive death or uh, yeah <laughs> stuff like that so i think it's it's if i had to choose like one philosophy to live by and it definitely it'd be like stoicism here <laughs> by the way um just as a question uh, interlude here um how did you stumble across it the first time Yeah, I think I think it was just uh, Instagram posts recommendations mm. that I stumbled across randomly because I I like to follow kind of those Instagram pages where they have all kinds of quotes <laughs> you know all kinds Ooh, of quotes of uh, the famous Instagram think or, boy <laughs> yeah <laughs> and now where they have you know those Instagram pages where they have all kinds of quotes and mm. by famous people successful people and whatnot and yeah I think there was just some pages that uh, recommended kind of those stoicism pages or just posted kind of sto stoic quotes and mm. they re really resonated with me and from them on, oh, on nice. I just started following I didn't even know that it was that big of a deal I just thought okay there were just some <laughs> nice little quotes uh, that sounded good and you know uh, made for a good repost <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah after after some time I realized that there was actually a you know a real big following behind it and that stoicism mm actually you know as you said had 
was really solid just as a philosophy as a, <laughs> a way to live your life and to interpret the external world so yeah i just kind yeah, of yeah. randomly stumbled upon it yeah i wish i wish we would have learned about that in school yes i i think the the ethics guys like in germany you can choose between like actually having like religion as a subject and if you're like atheist or you don't want to take that subject you can choose ethics and i think those guys they learn about it <laughs> in the yeah. last year of high school i think which is a shame for us because we didn't i think <laughs> yeah for me it was no, like i stumbled either. upon it yeah. for me it was like i we stumbled upon it uh, or i stumbled upon it um, mainly in my studies like last semester and also at the same time randomly <laughs> ali abdal started posting yes. about it <laughs> yeah that's where i also like got into it and well now i like read the book about it <laughs> which was quite good. awesome so before we get into more discussion i'd say we nail down the i'd say most important principles when it comes to um acting when in stoicism and they are about judgments and externals so let's get into judgments first like when we perceive an event outside of us What we usually think is that, uh, okay, this dog is running towards us. I, I have to, uh, I am shaking. I, I, I fear it. <laughs> I have to run away. It's, it's dangerous. <laughs> so like, yeah. that's what we usually think an event, uh, reaction, uh, follows an event. And the reaction is like only dependent on the event itself. Yeah. But like what stoicism actually says is that between the event and our reaction there is always a judgment that we make in the sense of the dog here it's okay um that doggo <laughs> got really dangerous teeth <laughs> i think i should uh, i think i should run away but there could be an equal judgment uh in the sense of a person who has so much experience with dogs already and sees okay that dog is wagging its tail I think it's not wanting any harm. I I can like embrace the doggo. <laughs> and <laughs> therefore, like our reaction depends on our judgments. Um and um in you can not only like look at such trivial examples as dogs, but also when it comes to uh I don't know, missing missing our uh train. <laughs> because like many people tend to react in oh no stupid uh german railway company why are you always like in delay why <laughs> um yeah. those judgments the stoics say they are always up to us and rather than and more often than not it's easier to change our judgments to become happy than to change the world <laughs> to yes. become happy because you like <laughs> oftentimes don't have any influence in when your train will arrive or not <laughs> or like when you die also like <laughs> to make it more sinister <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so stoicism is mainly about like taking over responsibility over your judgments and choose them like more carefully and becoming more conscious of them yeah and in that sense we also have um to look at externals um 
externals are like things outside of us. Um, for example, uh, uh, yeah, missing your train, um, feeling pain or the opinions of others. And they say we should like, uh, like uh, externals are like things we can't control. And Stoics say we should not get attached to those things. We should let them go because opinions of others, misfortune, fame and money, they are mainly not up to us. And if we like um, make our happiness as a condition, uh, if we like have the condition of those things uh, for our happiness, um, that we, we won't become happy, basically. So it, it says stoicism doesn't say though that we should not like uh, not value in that sense riches or money or fame anymore. We can still prefer those, but we should not like enslave ourselves to them because like whenever we worry about um, earning enough money or the opinions of others, we kind of are slaves to our own worry, our anxiety, and others and. There sh therefore, we should not care about what we um, can't control. We should actually care about what we can control. And those are our judgments, our actions, our emotions, our fears, basically our whole inner life. And here um, it comes also apparent that like good and evil um, are always up to us, up to our minds, how we judge things. Because like a gun lying there, <laughs> in the street it doesn't have to be evil it doesn't have to be good it depends on how we use it it depends on how we think about it and good and evil are always here up to us so yeah. that's like <laughs> to end it with um, more or less of a uh, thought by uh, Seneca about why things happen why bad things happen to good people he says like basically they don't <laughs> bad things only occur like in our mind and the mind of a good person of a virtuous person is free of them so yeah yeah we have nice. to perceive things as they are don't add any judgment to them and uh mainly also like take away also judgment inscribed by our culture like <laughs> if somebody discovers you love pineapple pizza <laughs> <laughs> i mean pineapple pizza is just like i don't know some dough some pineapple some uh tomato sauce yeah. It's just a pizza, and uh, all we value about it <laughs> is just inscribed, uh, or what we uh, hate about it <laughs> is just inscribed by our culture, there, for example. Yeah. So those are externals we should let go, and we should like take over responsibility for things we can actually control. Yeah. Those are the basics of stoicism, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, what I've, what I've noticed is that, as you said, um, kind of the second point you touched upon which was externals to kind of let go of the attachment to things we cannot control i've noticed and i've read about it in many articles that one of the biggest mistakes you can probably make especially kind of when you're in your teenage years early 20s is to attach your identity to a certain outcome or to a certain, mm. certain quality of you for example if you happen to be very athletic and you attach your whole identity to being athletic, to be good at sports, then once, for example, I know you, you break your legs and can't walk anymore, <laughs> then suddenly yep. your whole identity sort of shatters and you're left your with nothing. Your whole personality crumbles to pieces. Exactly. And, and that's not nice. Yeah, and I've, I've noticed that for me, for example, I, I, many years I've 
kind of had different personalities or different identities I uh, attached myself to. But over the years, I sort mm -hmm. of noticed that I, to adapt the identity of just being a learner or being a student of life sort of is yes. probably one of the best ways to deal with all that because if you just say about yourself look i'm a learner i'm a student i'm here to learn i'm mm. here to improve to sort of become the best version of myself and all that then there's really nothing that could happen to you to kind of <laughs> you know what that's yeah. actually a stoic like viewpoint because wisdom and knowledge they aren't affected by um uh, yeah uh, external influences because wisdom and knowledge if you have them they are always true independent of like what <laughs> is outside of us and that's why mm -hmm. they are something that stoics pursue pursue like learning is a big part of stoicism learning philosophy especially mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's where it kind of comes from another thought on that subject might be also uh diversification of interests yeah <laughs> that's what i've been get getting into lately because like a few years ago i also made that mistake by kind of basing my personality on <laughs> success in school how good my grades are and stuff which kind of worked out i'd say but it's in the long term not healthy yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh man yeah so what would you say is like the idea that or is there any idea that resonates most with you in stoicism of what you know about mm. or did we already cover that gosh <laughs> i hate these kind of questions <laughs> yeah <laughs> where it's no not nothing against you just uh this kind of questions where it's like what's the most Dot, dot, dot. I'm or like, what's, what's no something? What's, what's something that's sure, resonating sure. with I, you? I was just, I'm just joking around. <laughs> sure. But yeah, it's really hard to answer these kinds of questions. Or what's your favorite color? Or what's your favorite musician? I have no idea. I like them all. Sometimes I like Mozart. <laughs> sometimes I like Beethoven. Sometimes I like friggin', I don't know, Queen. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Hans Zimmer, you know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> Um, I I would just answer the question. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I think there are quite a, quite a lot of quotes that just uh, really resonate with me, or not only quotes, just ideas, concepts, and most of them we now talked about. The sort of most important ones with our judgments and externals. Um, I've collected some quotes that really resonated with me that we can, I'm sure, put up for discussion or kind of, of share course, our of insights course. our personal experiences um one that definitely helped me over the last few months because um as you know and as probably most people are in today's society we are all very perfect perfectionistic and definitely. we sort of <laughs> strive for perfectionism and i raise my hand there <laughs> <laughs> you know, and perfectionism is just a a construct that doesn't really exist and i think it's really just mm. the result of insecurity and what helped me very much in that aspect coming from kind of the sto stoic philosophy is a quote by marcus aurelius which states <laughs> that learn to be indifferent to what makes no difference and 
you know, it sounds very obvious and very sort of simple. But for me, it was just kind of getting rid of all the unnecessary details and all the sort of, as I talked in previous episodes, I think about time management. Was it the last episode? I think so. I think it was, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Where I talked about, you know, whenever I notice that I kind of get into this perfect uh, perfectionism mood and I start to organize stuff unnecessarily and just waste my mm. time, basically, I just step away for a few moments and, you know, try to get rid of all of those unnecessary details and all of the things that are not relevant to what I'm trying to achieve right now. And then I come back and can actually be focused. And that's mm -hmm. how I kind of interpret this quote to be indifferent to what makes no difference because we tend to want to um, make every single detail perfect and to plan everything out and to have a perfectly structured and organized workspace and all that. And while kind of striving for that may be good in some instances, <laughs> constantly being afraid of not being able to achieve Mm -hmm. perfectionism is just absolutely ridiculous yeah there's like this concept also of the 80 20 rule you can yeah. uh, you can achieve 80 percent of what's possible with 20 percent of the means that are necessary to achieve the whole thing and yeah the more time we pour into it the better it gets but it's like kind of exponentially declining <laughs> what yeah. we can achieve And I think that also resonates with the thought of valuing our time a little more. Because like those last two or three percent points, who cares about those? <laughs> If you waste six hours in, I don't know, learning more for a test, <laughs> sometimes there has to be <laughs> an end, I suppose. Yeah. And yeah, but sure. just like that simplicity also that you kind of refer to, I'd say, like taking things as they are sometimes. That's also like relieving one of uh, many worries and sadness, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. I think not only that. I think it's not only about, you know, perfectionism or knowing when to stop, which is equally important. But when I read this quote, for me, for example, let's take gossip, right? Mm -hmm. Gossip about other people and sort of talking about others' lives, oh, yes. which, you know, things I just don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> um, and not because you know many people misunderstand it not because I don't care about those people it's just why is it my business to discuss what happens in their life and what they have achieved and not achieved and why should I care so much and kind of sort of <laughs> talk about it behind their back you know it is a difference when you meet up with those people and kind of talk about it face to face and it's another thing when you sort of meet with other people and talk about persons that are not there at this moment and so oh my gosh have you heard what x and y has yes. done and yes. you know, i don't care because it's none of my business and <laughs> you know for, for many people says, it serves like as something to to connect you know like having the same opinions and that's like a simple uh, topic on where you can have uh, easy opinions like Oh, no, that politician messed up, uh, I don't know, some tax again or whatever, some taxation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's Or maybe that's even too uh, high of a subject. Like, um, it just basically always serves as an easy way to, to resonate with others. And I agree with you that we should probably not choose the easiest way there. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's just as Marcus it's already said, it's it's exactly it's superficial and it makes no difference. It doesn't improve my life. It doesn't make mm. me a better person. It doesn't. It to me, it doesn't seem like a valuable spending of my time. I could spend yes. the time learning. I could spend the time actually discussing, you know, ideas like stoicism, for example, <laughs> on a podcast, um, instead of talking about what uh, X and Y ate even though he says he's on a diet because you know i don't mm. care <laughs> why does it matter you know like the criticism of other people that some people tend to have says all about themselves rather than yeah. the people they criticize for sure like mainly they're superficial it says all about their values and not what the other person is like valuing them <laughs> Definitely. It's also an idea of stoicism that we should like focus more on our own like opinions rather than <laughs> the opinions of others because they are again an, an external which we can't really influence that we shouldn't influence maybe with mm. force and stuff you know yeah <laughs> yeah all right but what's le let me ask you the question this time what's <laughs> an aspect of your what's, life where you feel like yeah. stoicism has changed or improved it dramatically Okay, I think it's just, I think it's basically the almost the same as with you. Like even before I knew about stoicism, I was kind of always acting with contempt for things I can't influence. Like just taking them as as they are, I'd say. Yeah. And it's just so much more relieving and giving you just so much more happiness to just sometimes accept where you are and just uh, use the means that you have to uh, yeah get uh, forward in life i'd say and not like complain that much about m you missing a train like i i always <laughs> i always am at like the when I, when i miss it when a, a train of mine is delayed i always see it as, like as an opportunity for oh nice longer train ride i can uh, <laughs> or like a longer stay at the um, How's it called? At the train station, I can use that time to read a bit more or whatever. Yeah, Just yeah exactly. <laughs> have a positive mental attitude or at least a neutral mental attitude about things. That's, that's kind of what I all was also practicing before that. And I noticed that whenever I don't act with that principle in mind, I seem to get much more unhappier or much less happy than what's actually like possible like just by reinforcing what i'm already like feeling emotions and stuff <laughs> by, by also like agreeing to them <laughs> um then get so much worse i think yeah yeah you can also sure. get about to, uh, into the topic of emotions and stoicism yeah sure um just just wait very quickly i feel like many people when exactly let, let's take that example your train is delayed and <laughs> you have to wait i don't know half an hour longer in the train station and many people mm. when you know they kind of start to freak out and um <laughs> start to curse out the german uh, <laughs> railway system and all that and you know why that's a yeah <laughs> while that's you know a normal human reaction and it's totally fine mm. in some aspects at the same time when you let's say as a quote-unquote stoic uh come along and say hey look guys we actually can use the time to 
uh, read or to you know actually or to uh, to journal or I can mm. finish up some of my work for for university or and people look at you and and feel like you're this toxic optimist who tries <laughs> to who tries to see every situation as you positively know, as possible. You don't even have to be that radical of an optimist, I'd say. Stoicism, I'd say, is also like mainly about just taking it as it is, not adding any more value to it in that sense. Because you can't influence whether the train will come now or in uh, 10 minutes. It's like subject to the forces of nature and uh, bad, uh, bad <laughs> like structuring of train schedules, yeah. <laughs> but not up to you. So why... I don't know. And then like what I tend to add on to it is like, why reinforce that bad mindset now? I mean, <laughs> everything by letting that delayed train take up even more space in your, your mind, you're kind of, <laughs> to put it in that way, you're kind of a slave of the train. <laughs> you are not in yeah. power of your own life anymore. You like hand over the power to the german railway system <laughs> <laughs> in that sense. yeah exactly you you won't i mean freedom and stuff in that sense liberty uh, in in your own mind is like if you don't have that then you won't be happy so why give away your freedom in that sense just accept as it is exactly but that's what what uh, i was trying to say is that people see that as a I, I hate this word, but sort of toxic optimism. And <laughs> yo, I, I just don't understand because when your train is delayed and you have to wait in the train station for another half an hour, oh my God, cool. When, you know, cursing out the railway system and sort of uh, making a whole drama out of it <laughs> isn't going to make the train come faster, you, you're still going to have to wait half an hour, but while you are making a drama out of it and sort of having a mental breakdown because of it, I'm reading <laughs> a book <laughs> and I'm, I'm using that half an hour to actually educate myself and to actually improve while you are crying in the corner. I'm like, yo, <laughs> dude, come on. <laughs> it's just, it's just a train delay. Don't, don't over-exaggerate it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think, Stoicism in that sense can add much value to our lives and our negative <laughs> sure. experiences, or the hardships we encounter. Definitely. Like, it can also help with the most difficult of all things to conquer, death. <laughs> mm. Let's get into death. Yes, yes let's, yeah, let's, let's get make into it death. a bit more sinister. Before, yes, yes. Like before, before we get into sto the stoic viewpoint on, on death, like how would you say are you dealing with the thought of it? Without reading my notes now. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm not looking at them. <laughs> I think death to me, it, it, it has, of course, changed over the years. When I was younger, I was quite afraid uh, because I guess I just didn't really understand the concept of it. I mean, sure, uh, suddenly the person is gone, their heart stops beating, and that's it. But it was just really scary to think about death but now I, i've come to a point where and i guess it's a very stoic approach to say you know death is the only guarantee we really have in this life because 
we aren't guaranteed a good job or a good wife or mm -hmm. a good career or whatever, but we are guaranteed that we're all going to die at some point in time. Some people at 40, some people at 70, some people at 110, but we're all going to die at some point. Um, and it's just, I guess I just take consolidation in the fact that it's the one and only thing in life I can be 100% certain it's going to happen. Yes. And for some strange reason, it's it's really comforting in a way because <laughs> I I don't really have to worry about, okay, what's going to happen when I'm 70 or 80 or 100 and I'm, you know, I'm my, my heart stops beating. It's very clear what's go going to happen. And it's very clear that's going to happen to the best of us and to the richest of us and to the poorest of us. We're all going to die and we're all going to, uh, you know, have a grave or not depends on what your beliefs are mm. and what you're going to do with your body and all that. Those are details, again, unnecessary details. Let's not focus on that. But yeah, it's just, it doesn't scare me. It doesn't worry me exactly. It's just a fact of life and I, I, I accept it. Very stoic, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> sure. More or less. But probably I'm very influenced yeah, and biased, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, like I think you also you have to differentiate between what death like kind of means for yourself and what death means for other people. Sure. Because like when it comes to the meaning of death for yourself, like having uh, philosophized about it half a year now <laughs> uh, and also like having read the book, you can quite easily come to or at least and if I argue for myself, you can quite easily come to um, the conclusion that death is a good or at least not an evil. And for others, I'd say, like your relatives, those who are left behind, I, if they aren't like practicing Stoics, <laughs> then <laughs> your death will be... Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of an evil to them. But for yourself, you can come with Stoicism, also with other philosophies, you can come to the conclusion that um, death is not necessarily an evil for you. <laughs> yeah, um, I think not yeah. only do the relatives of the people you leave behind have to be Stoics, I think even if you're the most Stoic person ever, mm -hmm seeing or you know having someone die in your family is gonna it's gonna mess you up emotionally yes yes and stoics also don't deny that exactly actually yeah. there's gonna be an interesting uh point to get to later on because of this emotional word because mm. again many people maybe hear all of that and think oh so you're gonna be a robot then so that's what stoicism is about um but it's, it's really it's not, not. <laughs> it's it's really about having a healthy balance and controlling your emotions because more often than not your emotions and immediate desires have the worst outcome if you just navigate your life based on that and mm. it's not just personal experience i think it's almost an undeniable fact that if you only lead by emotion <laughs> and immediate desires you're pretty soon gonna mess up your whole life because there is no rationale behind it and you're Drugs, just sex yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah yeah no you also have to we get into that later i think we will cover emotions and um, you also have to differentiate between feelings and emotions and stuff <laughs> oh interesting yes okay. yes Didn't we will get into that, that later 
so let's get first into how stoics maybe think about death yeah um there they have like so many arguments uh like for death being uh something good or something neutral <laughs> i have yeah. listed them all up here more or less coming from quotes um first of all like stoics see death as an other external we already covered that everything that lies out of control especially death um which is inevitable as you said it's like the only guarantee in life um it's it's out of our control it's an external we shouldn't like worry about something that is completely out of control and death is like the thing that it's most out of our control like even if we have like some sort of um uh, elixir that's letting us live uh infinitely in indefinitely long um you could still be uh, crushed by a car accident in a car accident yeah. or stuff. like death sooner or later <laughs> the latest with the death of the universe <laughs> it will eventually come and therefore we should go let go of like uh the fear of death here you also have to differentiate between um the fear of dying and kind of the fear of death or dying and death because dying can be painful and of course like also a stoic doesn't want to live in pain a stoic doesn't <laughs> or it doesn't want to die in pain but death is something else death is like the a thing that is out of our experience you can kind of see it like um the time before you have been born i mean it wasn't difficult not to be born i guess <laughs> yeah. same goes for death it's not difficult to to be dead because you don't experience death anymore what you can't experience you can't you can't fear what you can't experience yeah <laughs> very nice <laughs> that's kind of a more yes. theoretical um uh argument against uh no for for death as being not evil let's say <laughs> yeah um so like that fear of death this external like that's kind of the one of the most important philosophical achievements that you can like have in your life overcoming the fear of death yeah um what we could get into some arguments here like death um is um, can uh, serve as a source of inspiration i'd say because like um what was that is it vanitas that thought like um always remember or live your every day like it could be your last <laughs> isn't it carpe diem or, or carpe diem yeah some, something like that like we all have to die you can get some inspiration out of that because it's like reminding you that um with your remaining time you do something useful there yeah. and you can also see death as like a true test of your character and virtue because in the face of death people tend to do irrational things like what what we valued before like our money like everything we possess many people tend to like throw it all out you know, just for living another year yeah like we become very irrational and like in the face of death if you manage to act reasonably like a stoic for stoicism that's like a test of your true character and your true virtue here yeah for then, sure yeah then you could also say like we are actually dying continuously because <laughs> every second we live we are one second closer to death 
and <laughs> yeah it's yeah uh, i mean it's what what is like uh one or two hours of actually like dying compared to like the whole life getting closer to it <laughs> those one two or no two hours they are short in comparison to everything else yeah <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's like a really, really sinister view on it. But yes, it, I, I think <laughs> it's just very hard for some people to kind of wrap yes. their head around this to think, okay, um, I'm gonna let go of my fear of death and at the same time mm. acknowledge that I'm continuously dying every second. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I get it. But I think for many people, it may be just a very, very strange way to think about it. Mm. You know, one of the thoughts that really surprised me the most is that stoics see death as an option that we can choose every time we want because like they see the ability to end our life as like a really great freedom <laughs> like ourselves you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um interesting because like it allows us to get out of torture and the worst time by just letting <laughs> letting go though they also say like um we have to like balance that we shouldn't laugh life too much we shouldn't also like love death too much <laughs> like there's a balance like a quote from seneca here is like the brave and wise man should not flee from life but withdraw from it before like yeah yeah uh wanting to kill yourself i think there was also i think in the spanish parliament yesterday i think they enacted like the the right of dying or something <laughs> really that you can yes you have to like if you want to end your life you have to agree like four times in the span of a few months or something to it and then you can like die with dignity which is interesting wow, but yeah that's like kind of a <laughs> difficult debate i'd say yeah yeah for Just, sure like, Many ethics like value life as the highest good and stuff, and like human yeah. rights and stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. it's, it's going to be a hard, it's going to be a hard time for kind of the Spanish government because mm. many many religious people or most religions believe that you have absolutely no right to end your life mm. um, just because you decide to do so because you know your life is a given gift by God or whatever you believe yes. in and therefore kind of he is the only one uh, who can decide that for you and at you and if you kill yourself you're gonna get to hell and all that so it's gonna be very hard time for the spanish government <laughs> i think definitely like they're already they already have like uh, sued against them and stuff in their oh, um, national court I, I think i don't know how it's called there um but yeah for a stoic life is just or something else you attach too much value to often <laughs> yeah. because like they also like differentiate between like the um quality of life and the duration of it because if you achieve actual virtue if you like live as an as, as a stoic then you don't have to live any longer because you <laughs> basically <laughs> achieve the good life anymore <laughs> you're done you, you can go just as a disclaimer you can't reach that during your lifetime you can't yeah. become a perfect stoic which is will come also into with the criticism and stuff but yeah duration was a quality here like yeah yeah for sure i think 
I'm not so sure if it's a stoic quote, but it certainly sounds like it. <laughs> um, something, I, I'm paraphrasing, of course, I don't remember it exactly. It was something like, you, most men live two times and the second time starts, no, how was it? The second time starts when they realize they have just one life or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I heard that. that recently also. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the same. And it's a very... I think it's not stoic. It's like a modern thought, I think. Yeah, mm. that's why I'm not but sure. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's a nice one, I guess. It's a nice one. It's, it sounds it's kind of sounds like, like stoicism. This idea that, <laughs> you know, valuable life and you just have one. And, you know, live in the present and all those things that kind of stoics preach. And also, <laughs> I have here a quote by Marcus Aurelius, uh, who said that when you arise in the morning, think of what a privilege it is to be alive, to think, to enjoy, to love. And mm. yeah, especially in kind of the 21st century and kind of this modern society where everything is so fast paced and you kind of feel like the world is, is just running so fast, you can't really keep up. Mm. It's very hard to to be really present in the or to have those moments where you're just really present in 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 the moment and to appreciate the things you have and to because I've certainly noticed that many times I value the things I do not have yet more than the things I've actually achieved and <laughs> it's very desires. Oh, not yeah <laughs> exactly and it's it's very hard in those moments to kind of step back and be in the present and appreciate the things not only that i have achieved but just the things i have such as you know a family mm -hmm. and a home and all those things we just take for granted especially in the western world to yeah to be, just be appreciative and grateful for them and grateful for the fact that you woke up today because you do not have a guarantee the only guarantee you have is that you're going to die but you do not have the guarantee <laughs> that you're going to live another day. And yeah. I find it so funny when we plan like 10, 15, 20 years ahead, because as you said, you never know, you may, you may be run over by a bus tomorrow and <laughs> you know, all your plans go to shit because you're, you're not there anymore. But we tend to do this, these things and kind of Yes. plan for the next 20 years and plan our career and where we want to live <laughs> and how many kids we want to have but we have absolutely no guarantee that we are ever going to get there so yeah mm -hmm. just you know like stoicism says that we should live more in the present don't dwell on the past and don't like worry too much about the future however yeah. they also don't say that we shouldn't plan at all <laughs> no like yeah from from planning you can also get like um, big chunk of improvement of your life not just living day by day but also focusing on like bigger values there but yes 15 years that's a long time <laughs> don't plan it out sure. too strictly because then you miss out on too much of the present <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think that's also something i noticed about myself that i always tend to work on something because i would want to pursue uh, some greater value that's in the future like i i i manage to allow myself at least like a few like 15 minutes a day to just sit down and do nothing and to just be in the present and to think 
<laughs> kind of like meditation you could say yeah but i th- i think that's like adding a lot to my life actually <laughs> and if i'm thinking about it that i'm actually really just only open for it for like 15 minutes a day that's not much time i could be so much more li- enjoying the present <laughs> yeah for sure okay let's maybe go on to talk about emotions because (laughs) as we said before many and it certainly seemed like that the first time i heard about stoicism and all that Mm. while some things really resonated with me there were also aspects where i thought okay you you just want me to be a robot or (laughs) what's the idea behind this and yes that's not of course (laughs) over the years uh, i've i've understood it more and more but yeah let's just talk about how stoics see emotions and feelings because you said there's a difference yes okay so um first of all let's kind of um revise a bit how stoics like want to see the world stoics are like in favor of seeing the world accurately as it really is without the judgments of other people of society without your own judgments Um, in a neutral way so we want to live by reason and we want to live um, detached from externals and now there's i'd say a difference between uh, feelings which are like bodily like you can feel pinched (laughs) you can feel uh, warm in the sun Um, and um, emotions on the other side i'd say it's a, a spectrum because emotions can are like um, opinions attached to feelings, I'd say. Okay. Or Interesting. Rather, let, let's say um, emotions arise from opinions, actually. Okay. Um, so whenever let, you, let just... for example, let's get back to the fear of the dog example. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you fear the dog, then that's because of an opinion, because you see it as a danger or anything or yeah if you um feel sad because others criticize you then it's because you put too much value on the opinion of others and therefore feelings are like bodily emotions are like more of a cognitive aspect actually like actually um result of thinking about something and now as we um see that emotions are actually more or less opinions and opinions are actually like something that is more than often wrong (laughs) we should maybe not get too attached to emotions um that much because like they interfere with our um with our reason with our uh, virtue we should actually like focus on real knowledge because knowledge is always like and wisdom is like always true yeah was that i think that was kind of wishy-washy that explanation i don't know no <laughs> it, it, it was good i think so we want to we want to avoid like um s- strong emotions um that interfere with our judgment and reason here yeah yeah well basically this stoic logic is that you are in full control over your judgments and opinions of the external world mm. and and emotions are opinions. emotions exactly if you take emotions as being opinions therefore you can control them and therefore they shouldn't control you yes <laughs> kind of kind of yeah and 
now you might argue that isn't it actually bad not having emotions at all because like they add <laughs> a lot to our life you, you know yeah. love and uh feeling happy with our drunk friends at a party <laughs> <laughs> um stoicism is like arguing in the sense of a doctor or a veteran that's living through the same situation for the thousandth time now because when a doctor is like reacting to the same condition a patient has for the 1000th time already then he still has feelings like he's or like uh, some emotions that might be like in line with what stoicism thinks like they don't interfere with his judgments and his reason he he will still be caring about you he will still be feeling about you and he will be uh, like uh, warm to you he will be kind to you Hopefully. but there won't be much emotion <laughs> in this involved uh, in treating you in the sense yeah. of oh na no that uh, poor man i have to pity him his organs are falling out of him or shit what do i have to do now <laughs> that's the first time i have an ex uh, i have a patient like yeah. that in the emergency uh, room here <laughs> he will react like a veteran that has seen this same situation the thousandth time and yeah, yeah. so stoics put like you you or what you could argue now is that um in with that viewpoint like the emotions a newcomer to the field will feel they aren't there anymore like um if you start out with um i don't know learning martial arts <laughs> <laughs> then that will, all, all of that stuff will be so cool to you like oh that technique i could learn that and that like uh, really motivational feeling that you get at the start if you think like a veteran like the doctor then you will miss out on that so stoics kind of put more of the focus on the long-term actual uh, yeah. uh, reasonable decisions here so that's like just, one of the criticism points here <laughs> just yeah. very quickly because uh, this example of the doctor or the veteran is, is actually very interesting because i recently talked to a doctor about exactly sort of my worries oh, as to <laughs> why I'm, prob I'm probably not fit to be a doctor. And mm. I just, yeah, I just talked to her about it pretty openly. And I said, you know, I've, I've read this article about cognitive versus emotional empathy. Because mm. in every article about kind of uh, being uh, a doctor and studying medicine, uh, sort of a prerequisite in a way is to have empathy of course <laughs> you can't be you can be completely um uncaring to people but ah, who I, cares that your leg fall off fellow <laughs> <laughs> we can attach a new one <laughs> i don't care you're gonna walk on one deck so what no <laughs> um yeah. but yeah i talked about uh, about this because i very much feel like most of the time i'm more cognitively empathetic whereas people i know or many people i know are more emotionally empathetic mm -hmm. and you know there's nothing wrong with either of them but the difference is the main difference is that people are, have more cognitive empathy and again it's a it's a spectrum a spectrum it's not either mm -hmm. or it's just like introvert extrovert it's it's very much you can be in between you can you know tend more to one side and yeah, so the difference between cognitive and emotional empathy is that people who have more cognitive empathy 
are you know they understand the emotions of the other people and they can you know they know how to handle them and they seem very warm on the outside let's say but mm -hmm. they don't really feel what the other persons feel whereas people who are high in emotional empathy really experience almost the exact same feelings and emotions other people feel and <laughs> it's yeah it, it was just very interesting to talk about uh, with her mm -hmm. about that and she said that the best doctors she knew actually have way more cognitive empathy because you know you have to be able as a doctor to kind of distance yourself emotionally to a certain degree from the patient to be able to work right because as you said when you start uh, <laughs> when you're way too high in emotional empathy and you start crying because the patient starts crying and <laughs> you know you're just a mess and you can't help them anymore. oh no doctor everything is all right <laughs> please it's just my leg it's okay i will get a new one <laughs> don't cry <laughs> yeah exactly as a doctor yeah, yeah. you're just completely useless at that point because mm. you are the one who needs to stay calm and who mm. has to be able to the help the patient in the ocean exactly waves. exactly <laughs> exactly so yeah you know what's funny um stoicism is also much about psychology today like many things the stoics said like 2000 years ago are not, like now um actually validated by psychology psychological findings and what you have been saying, like about cognitive, um, uh, cognitive, how was it called? Cognitive, um, cognitive and emotional, co cognitive, emotional and empathy, uh, 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 cognitive uh, empathy and uh, em emotional empathy. Yeah. That's kind of what the Stoics have been saying 2000 years ago already, actually, in the sense of we should show compassion in the sense that we act as somebody who is uh feeling pity for the other person like a good <laughs> doctor but yeah. we should not actually feel like the emotional side of it uh in the sense of giving over um power to some external that we can't control again yeah yeah of course of course this statement can sort of be criticized yeah um because uh, because once you say, and it's just a very general criticism, once you say you should be doing X and Y, you know, it's get, it gets very, it, it sort of turns to a certain degree of ignorance for me. Mm -hmm. Because once you say you should have, or you should be a higher on cognitive empathy, or you should be higher on emotional empathy, it's, yeah, it's bullshit because it's a, it's a spectrum and uh, everyone is somewhere in between. No, nobody is 100%. Uh, only cognitive or emotional because for me i've noticed with other people uh, i'm not so close to i'm very much almost entirely on the cognitive side mm. of the spectrum whereas with people i'm closer to and especially my family i'm very much more on the emotional side um you know while still keeping control of course i'm not uh, i'm not whining yeah. but <laughs> i very much feel the emotions more with people i'm close to uh, mm -hmm. rather than people I, I i've just met and yeah it, it, i think it's just problematic to say you should be x and y you should be feeling this or that way or you should be trying to change because there are fields where emotional empathy is very much needed and there are fields mm. where emotional empathy is just completely detrimental and you should you should then really try to get rid of 
rid of it or to control it to the best of your ability. But, but where would you say is, uh, or like, first of all, um, yes, it's a spectrum and you won't be able to achieve one of, uh, you won't be able to achieve either of them to a hundred percent, but stoicism is like about shifting that thought. I mean, stoicism is not be, uh, becoming the perfect wise man as the stoics say is <laughs> not possible for you, but you can yeah. still try to shift, the. uh, uh How, how do you say like to shift the level to the <laughs> uh, cognitive emotional side so sure. and my question is now like you said uh, there are some areas where emotional uh, empathy is required where where would you say is is there like a useful um point to apply it here the first thing that comes to mind is sort of when you're taking care of older people because uh, yeah. what i've seen or other people yeah what i've seen and kind of um when i was when i had this little <laughs> school internship um at this how's it called elders home or oh, retirement home. retirement yeah something, something like that yeah <laughs> where they were basically just uh, pretty old people with all sorts of conditions mm. and I've yeah I've also talked to people who work there and just noticed that those people those elderly people really need really need someone around them who shares their emotions and makes them feel validated and of mm -hmm. course you know of course when you're a doctor there it's a, it's a bit different but you're when you're sort of the person who accompanies them and goes to lunch with them and uh, reads from their favorite book or whatever it's very good if you have that emotional connection and so if you're able like to basically dealing yeah. with a child kind of there yeah it's very similar it's very similar exactly mm -hmm. so that's for example a field where it's it's very much needed and you know those people not only really need that but they can feel when you're honest and they can feel whether or not you're actually connecting with them on an emotional level or if mm -hmm. you're just viewing them as just another patient you know and okay in that sense mm -hmm. yeah so that's but, in field for example that really but requires... like i think that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be um, emotionally empathetic you can also be cognitively empathetic because like uh, as i said like um the doctor the the veteran doctor here he's also um still feeling like uh, kindness and giving out warmth and is caring about his patients but doesn't let himself be affected by for example the patient's condition too much sure isn't, no isn't that the, like the same thing where, when we're dealing with elders i mean you, you can see and like, interact with them as a like a actual person not as a patient <laughs> yeah <laughs> um no that's why i said if you're for example a doctor in an elder's home or retirement home it's entirely different mm -hmm. but if you're you know the, those people who just accompany the elderly i have no idea how it's called in, in english just the oh, people are basically yeah, paid yeah. for accompanying the elderly and going to lunch with them and all that. that playing chess and you know those people as i've yeah. said i feel like caregiver elderly, i think yeah yeah something like that i feel like those people you know the elderly really really Geriatric feel nurse yeah yeah something <laughs> like that probably <laughs> um i have no idea so i feel like elderly people really 
really feel whether or not you are connecting with them on an emotional mm. level. And of course, from the outside looking in, you cannot really tell the difference between a doctor who is higher maybe on the cognitive empathy and a caretaker who is higher on emotional empathy. But for the elderly people, there's a big difference and they can immediately feel if you're connecting with them on, em on an emotional level or solely on a cognitive level. Mm -hmm. So that's why I draw the difference. Okay, but you can, but I'd say you can't really um, influence like your emotional empathy that much, can you? No, I no, mean you it's. Can't. So what you are arguing for is that you should not like try to suppress it if you actually feel it with when uh, taking care of elders. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay yeah we can um do you agree in, or in that sense we can uh, also I like focus on an other argument against okay, emotion sure. here that we sure. um like a short one um like man the, the argument about against the uh, stoicism overall is like we are we should not feel emotion at all uh, or like uh, stoicism says we should not feel emotion at all which is not true because uh if a feeling is doesn't like blur your vision or an emotion doesn't blur your vision or interfere with your reason and judgment, it's okay to have that. And we can't suppress um, tears or like trembling when we have fear or lust when we see something that uh, we desire, <laughs> to put it that way. Um, we can't suppress that because that's a natural reaction. And what Stoics basically say is it's okay to feel those things but we shouldn't give them control by adding like mentally even more significance to them by actually talking ourselves into feeling or into grieving a lost one even more yeah then actually like is the natural reaction to us because then we like again we leave the ground of uh, solid reason and judgment and like hand ourselves over to the irrational side of emotions yeah yeah for sure so therefore i'd say okay it's okay to feel like emotional empathy just don't get involved too much <laughs> yeah don't don't become so that you when you become like uh, irrational crying uncontrollably yes. and sobbing <laughs> <laughs> sobbing yeah. all right um then i think we are already quite a bit into the episode i'd say we finish with another bit of criticism then to sure. round off the topic so what we basically all noticed here is that the ideal stoic the wise man as they put him um it's basically just an ideal and it's impossible to achieve <laughs> so yeah. many people argue why even care pursuing that that goal of uh, becoming a real stoic why why would you even like want to do that if you know it's impossible on the first hand <laughs> and yeah can i actually can i actually say something yes, go about ahead. that um and i think that's that's really a stoic quote now <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, again paraphrasing it was something like it's not so much about the goal you're trying to achieve it's much more about the person you're becoming on the journey towards mm -hmm. that goal and it's exactly like when you say i want to be um the most authentic and honest version of myself i can possibly be okay cool you're never gonna <laughs> achieve that because it's not a goal you can just tick off 
because it's a never-ending process but the sort of person you're becoming during that process is the actual yeah it's the actual goal in some way and it's actually what improvement yes. happens <laughs> yeah no quite sound i'd say um it's like just i, I also say just because we can't achieve this idea um stoicism i'd say is still similar to many religions in that regard because like many religions like uh, christianity they impose like those uh 10 demandments for example which are like or like uh, what jesus says and put it a uh, high value on it but i think nobody of us will <laughs> probably be able to achieve them uh to 100 in our lives nope otherwise we are, we can call ourselves jesus <laughs> and in that regard stoicism is again very similar to religion and i think if you are uh, like in favor of pursuing religions uh, then you should not argue against um, stoicism in that way and no. on the other hand as, as you said like just by uh, going onto the journey we are getting like uh, uh, a lot from it like just by noticing that our anger about our delayed train uh, won't make us any happier in our life we already gain a lot of value in life and just by applying those basic principles stoicism is actually like already contributing to a better life uh, in that sense <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah for sure it, it's funny how let's say on my stoic journey <laughs> over the last few <laughs> few years it's interesting how i've come to to the point where every time i feel a well not every time come on i'm i'm not, I'm not perfect but most of the time i try to <laughs> oh, nice you avoided hypocrisy there <laughs> yeah uh, whenever <laughs> whenever whenever i felt a very strong emotion of any kind i i always try to kind of take it you know and deconstruct it in my head and sort of figure out Firstly, try to look at it objectively and figure out, okay, where does it come from? Because, for example, let's take the delayed train. Okay, mm. my train has a delay of 30 minutes. It piss, pisses me off. Maybe I'm late for school or work or whatever. Um, and of course, I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling frustration, all that. And I take those emotions and I kind of, I, I, I look at them as objectively as I can and yes, figure out where does it come mm. from. Exactly. And then oh, kind of pick the stuff I pick the stuff I know to be, let's say, a healthy manifestation of that particular emotion and sort of uh, implement it in that moment if I feel the need to or if I feel it would improve my life in any way. And it sounds strange because when you say, oh, okay, anger, how, how would that improve anything? I What I've done, for example, many times in the past is that whenever I feel really angry about something or really frustrated, I actually ignore the emotion for the few, mm -hmm. first few minutes and first force myself to come up with an objective, rational, logical um, mm -hmm. solution to the problem uh, or approach to how I can deal with those emotions. And then later on, when I still feel like I, I need to express those emotions because we're humans after all, um, mm -hmm. I can express them in a way that's not toxic, let's say, and that's still healthy <laughs> and still controlled. Playing Rachmaninoff on the piano. <laughs> yeah, for example, you know, it, it's still a sort of healthy manifestation and helps me 
let's say, feel normal and human in a certain way while still having control of the emotion. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes <laughs> or, sense. Or was it's it, also yeah. <laughs> it's also also a viewpoint of the Stoics actually. Like what you if you if you feel anger, then um if you can't solve it by reason, just give it time, then the problem will solve itself because like who will dwell about something that happened a month ago? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like a mistrain a month ago. Well my my approach to dealing with that is also uh, uh, kind of always like asking myself what are the underlying values why do i feel that way because like as the stoics noticed and i think that's really the sound principle um, our emotions are always judgments what are my underlying judgments there in the sense of the uh, mistrain that might be as you said i don't want to come to my work uh, meeting late want to i don't want to come there late too late then i can ask myself again why do i value not coming late there because i uh, value being reliable and uh, punctual and stuff and then i think i can always come to some kind of conclusion to uh, which is not anger anymore in which way i have to like act more or less because i can for example phone up my uh, company where i'm working and say oh sorry like um due to unforeseen circumstances i can't come in uh, now but i can already write like my work emails right now and that will yeah. kind of still keep up the my value system there as being a reliable worker for example <laughs> yeah 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 awesome i think we already talked for quite a while yeah. one and a half hours almost that's why i would suggest we wrap it up if you don't have anything to add no sounds good we can we can wrap it up now okay um i'd say like the most important principles if you want to become a kind of practicing stoic here <laughs> you won't become a real stoic you will just always be practicing but um the most important principles is that um our reactions are actually not like um the result of events happening outside of us they are more or less the direct results of our judgments that we attach to them and we should like take over responsibility for our judgments we cho- should choose our judgments more wisely more carefully become conscious of them and um as about externals which we can't influence we should lo- let go of attachment to them including misfortune fame money opinion of others and what we should actually like care more about is what uh, lies in our hands aka like the, our judgments about <laughs> uh, basically yeah. our inner life our emotions our uh, actions our fears we should uh, care more about that and yeah, i think yeah. that's like the most important uh, part you can take away from stoicism to become a For more sure. balanced being to become more uh, wise in that sense <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, when it comes to emotions what we said now at the end sort of try to take inventory of them and analyze them before before you just sort of uh (laughs) do something unreasonable to them exactly and (laughs) find a way to manifest them in your life in a healthy possibly non-destructive way (laughs) so that you you can still express your emotions and be human but at the same time do it in a way that doesn't harm others or yourself so yeah creative anger exactly (laughs) furiously plays the piano (laughs) yes (laughs) yes yes 
give your Alrighty. neighbors a nice show. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's a very yes. good summary for today's yeah. episode. It was great. I loved it. Yes, it was a pleasure. <laughs> I also loved it. It was a kind of a, yeah, more theoretical episode, I'd say, but I think we can gain a lot of it. And I hope also you listeners out there gain a lot of it. Yeah. And yeah, I'd say thanks for listening. Um, come over next week again. <laughs> Join our discussion with a sip of tea or whatever you enjoy there. And if you want, you can also subscribe to our Instagram channel. Uh, link in the description <laughs> to yeah. be kept up, up to date here. And also maybe subscribe to our, uh, how's it called, our podcast. Mm-hmm.